Welcome to Chit Chat with Hope. Good night, good night, good night. Tonight, we are just going to chat a little bit about things that we can teach our children during the summertime, right? Because life skills are just as important as sitting in the classroom because we know that our home is a classroom. So we're going to talk about tonight about teaching our children life skills. And there are many different life skills. So I'm going to just touch on a few, but we all need life skills. Okay, I'm not going to be with you very long tonight. The first life skill that, first of all, life skill is something that you need in order to be as independent, as independent as you possibly can, okay? We know that all of our children won't get, some of our children won't get to be where they don't ever need us. Okay, and some will only need us for a little bit, and some will need us for everything. So let's talk about some life skills. One of the life skills that I want to talk about tonight is getting dressed. Okay, so for some of us that um, that even if our children know how to get themselves dressed, they're not that familiar with the weather, or the climate, right? So you want to get your child in tune, not only to get dressed, but you want them to get in tune with the weather, the climate, okay? So what you can do is, for the summer or while your children are out, you can start letting them understand that if it's raining, it's okay if it's very warm to put a shorts on but it's not okay to wear a shoe, okay? It would be better to wear a water boot or maybe an old sneakers, right? So you got to get in tune where, you know, it's raining, we got to wear a, a, a rain jacket or we have to use an umbrella. So that's a life skill, okay? Because we know that our children are going to get older, and a 15 or 16-year-old, even a 30-year-old, cannot be dressed in a, winter, in a winter outfit in the summer when it's 90 degrees. Or if it's raining, refusing to use an umbrella or even a, a rain jacket, okay? So part of the getting ready is that we need to teach them even if it's basic life skill, what to do. So getting dressed and understanding the weather, if it's raining, if it's snowing, what type of clothing to wear or what, or what kind of clothing you need to wear because we do know that you can't wear shorts in the winter. You can, but you shouldn't. I mean, I've seen young people do it, but if they're... If they're capable of understanding that you're going to freeze 
and all the consequences that go along with not wearing the proper clothing, that's fine. Some of our children don't know the consequences. You can be frostbitten, okay? You can be sick. You know, there's so many different things. You can have the wrong shoe on, and if it's icy out there, you can fall and break a hip, whatever, right? So that is the first thing. If it's possible to let them understand the weather and the climate, and a different type of clothing that is worn. Now, if you're in a country where it is all summer, all the time, all year round, now that's different because most likely all your clothing is going to be for that particular weather because there's no other season but just being, you know, warm throughout the year. So then that's different. But if you're living somewhere that you get winter and autumn and all of that, different seasons where the seasons are so different from each other, your children will have to learn the difference between just getting dressed to go outside and getting dressed and looking at the weather and the climate. Another skill is, even if your children don't learn to cook or is not safe cooking, I think it's a great idea for you to, if your household use sandwich meat. And when I say sandwich meat, I mean like, you know, turkey and bacon and all those other things. Well, not totally bacon, but if you have like turkey meat or ham, if, if, you know, if that's, you know, if your family like these things, this kind of um, cold cuts, right? As we would call it, right? Um, if your child like tuna or different things, I'm talking about food that don't necessarily have to be cooked because they're like, they're already you know, they're already okay as is to eat. You know, if you buy some piece of ham or you buy um, some turkey meat from the deli, you can have it where you put it to be warm or cook it, you know, or recook it or cook it, but you don't have to. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my allergies going crazy tonight. It's been lousy. Well, um, okay, so um, like I was saying, I'm sorry, but my allergies acting up. If you have, right, if you have turkey meat or whatever cold cuts that your family use, it is a good idea to teach your child if they can't cook or if they don't know anything else to do to make sing simple food that they can eat, okay? It is important. Your child won't be hungry, Okay, it is important, you know, if it's a you know child that's going to live with you forever or till, or it's a child that might be able to go and live where the child might have a group home, might have a, a roommate, or might be in one of these. I mean, in New York City, they have the group home that is only like four young adults might live there, and they live there quite independently. They're taught how to wash and all of that. So, you know, it's, it's a good idea to teach a child how to make a sandwich, even if that's all they can make, it doesn't matter. It's food, and it's independent, which means, well, your child wants something to eat, and if your child is into ham or bacon or any of those, well, not bacon because bacon needs to be cooked, ham or turkey or any of the other salami or any of the other food that you can buy in the deli that's already you know, ready prepared and ready to eat. It is a great idea if your family's into sandwich and your child loves sandwich. It's a great idea for you to teach your child how to make a sandwich. It doesn't matter if it's a sloppy made sandwich. doesn't matter if they make a mess as long as they make it and they're okay with it and they're, and they're going to eat it. 
Okay? The next thing it is, it's a good idea if your child understand proper hygiene. Okay? Proper hygiene. Okay? How to take care of oneself properly. Okay? How to take a shower. And I mean a real shower. Okay, so this summer, it is a good idea if you're teaching your child how to take a shower, give themselves a shower, or if they are old enough to give a shower and you have to also come in and kind of help out. Well, if you have to help out, it's okay. But if you don't have to help out, then maybe whatever you're doing, maybe you need to stop doing it and just give verbal cues, that as this person get older, your child get older, that child will learn how to take care of themselves. Because as our children get older, we do not want too many people supervising them when they're naked. I'm going to say it again. As our children get older, unless it is absolutely necessary that someone else see them naked, I'd rather no one see them naked, with the exception of the people in the family and people that have to take care of them. But this is why it's a great idea that at least your child know how to, if it's possible, that they can learn how to take care of them themselves, their own body, okay? Making sure that they shower, making sure that they take care of their own private areas by themselves when they get to a certain age. If you can teach it, and they can learn, then that is wonderful. Then they won't have anybody wiping them in school. They won't have any, you know, they can have, they can be escorted to the bathroom and someone can cue them outside of the stall that they're in so that they'll go in, in the store, close the door, and the person will remind them, you got to unhook your belt, you got to pull your pants down, you got to do this, you got to do that. When they're finished, the person will tell them, you know, you have to wipe. If it's a girl, don't wipe from the back to the front. You know, wipe the way I showed you or wipe the way I've always wiped you. But it's a great idea that if you get a chance and your child need to learn proper hygiene, appropriateness as far as learning to wash their underarm, taking a shower after they, most kids hit 10, 11, 12. Hormones are kicking in. They need to understand that you take a shower, you got to use deodorant. You can't wear the same shirt twice because you're getting older, you're sweating, okay? Got to change your underwear, got to take showers, okay? Got to brush your teeth. It's not cute anymore to just put mount wash in your mouth and squish it back and forth and spit it out. Now you're literally going to have to teach, you know, enforce, actually, not just putting a brush on two of the teeth or one of the tooth or whatever. You're going to have to teach that, you know, you have to brush your teeth. Again, all children are different because of sensory issue. So if you can't. Everything is always going to be at if you can and if the child tolerates it. But if the child does or can tolerate it, it's a great idea to teach your child how to brush their teeth properly and also their tongue. Okay? And part of that is also um, introducing them that at least once or twice they have to see the dentist. Why I'm saying this to do this at an early age? My son started going to the dentist when he was like two and a half, three. Did he really have to go? No. But 
that helped him because when he, as he got older, he knew he had to climb up on a chair. When he went, when he was that young, right? They didn't, the dentist didn't do anything. He looked in his mouth, you know, brushed it for him, you know, like just to do something. He brushed it, had him use um, the water and do the spit thingy, which he enjoyed watching the spit disappear down that little thing in the dentist. I don't know what the name of it is called. And, um, and then as he got older, he got used to going to the dentist and doesn't have any cavities. So this is what we want to do. Because as our kids get older, they will get cavity, which can be very bad. Can turn into um, you know, forget it. It can turn into an infection where they might even have to get surgery. Right. So I think it would be less painful to learn how to brush their teeth, or at least tolerate you or I brushing their teeth. That way it won't get to where they get abscess in their mouth, they have to have surgery and, you know, all that post-taking care of, you know, all of that post-surgical stuff being done afterwards and all of that pain and, you know, and all of that. So that is another thing they need to learn how to do, okay? Another thing that is important or, you know, that you can work on during the summer is if you are the one that have to wipe after your, per, your your child have a bowel movement in the bathroom and you can teach them how to wipe, right? I think the best way to do is to get the flushable wipes and to teach that you keep, you wipe until you look and you wipe and you wipe until you see nothing on the wipes. And then you know you're clean. However you want to do it in your home, that's how I did it in my home where my son used the wipes. And it was like maybe three wipes laid out, and he would use one, okay, and put that one, and then he would use it, until the third one, until he saw nothing, and then he knew he was clean. Okay. If your child can learn how to wipe when they have a bowel movement, and why I say is make sure that they can clean themselves properly because you and I both know if they can't clean themselves properly, they're going to have a smell, okay? They're going to smell. And again, I'm big into dignity issues. I don't want our children to have where someone has to, you know, notice an odor or notice anything about them. The next thing is we have to, if we can, and our young ladies are having their period, they're menstruating, if we can teach them how to change themselves, okay? If, 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 if you can't teach them how to clean themselves, right, try to see if you can um, at least teach them how to be okay whenever someone wants to check them to make sure that they are okay and they're not getting ready to have an accident or have already had one, okay? So these are things that they're life skills and they are going to continue until, right? The next thing I want us to understand is a young man, my son is 16, he's getting a beard, it's not... You know, he's getting this one. It's a lot of fuzz, but he's still getting a beard. In the next couple of months, he'll have a beard. Maybe by the end of the year, he might have a beard where it's more visible, right? 
if we have our young men, they don't necessarily have to go to the barber and start getting shaved and all of that, but they do have to start learning how to groom themselves, you know, how to brush if, you know, some of the boys, or I should say young men, if they already start having a beard where it's noticeable, where it's a lot of hair, they have to learn how to wash that beard when they wash their face, okay? They are going to have to learn how to groom themselves properly because that's your face, right? Underneath that hair on your face is your face, okay? The next thing I want us to teach our children is how to wash their face properly, you know, how to wash their face properly. And if they're part of the group, whereas some teenagers, they do get acne, my son does, not, a, not really bad, but he does. Let them, you know, teach them to be acceptant to when they do have a breakout that they'll accept you or them themselves can apply the different things or whatever you've bought to, um, to help with the acne on their face. That's the next thing, okay? The other thing that we can all work on is organization, and that can be on any level on so many different things. You can help them understand why their room needs to be clean. You can help them understand why it is Saturday or whichever day that you do your laundry or you want your or you do the changing of the pillowcase and the beds and the blankets, whichever day or however you do it. You need for them to understand that when you say your sheet needs to be washed, the sheet needs to be washed. And if the sheet is being washed, then it understandable means that the whole bed is going to be stripped. So I want us to start letting our children help us keep their room clean instead of us keeping their room clean all by ourselves. So you're going to have to let them know. Today's Saturday, and as you know, on Saturdays we strip the bed. It's an understanding that they know that the pillowcase and everything goes in the hamper. And the towel, all of that stuff goes in that hamper, right? Another big thing that I want you to understand that, you know, that you can work on your child, especially if they're getting older. You can work on them by letting them pay attention when they're crossing the street. You know, I know all of us have a way where we hold in their hands and we're the only eyes when we're crossing the street. I want you, if they're old enough to understand, let them also be the ones that's looking at traffic as well. Teach them that not because the light says walk. You need to walk. You got to give yourself a few seconds because there's always some lunatic that's from all the way down the block that has been trying to beat the light. And guess what? He is coming so fast that even though the light has changed, he can't stop. Or you have people that just don't care and they'll run the light. So you have to teach your children all these tricks and trades of the street. All right? You have to teach your children that there might not be any car, but there might be someone sitting in a parked car, and the minute they step out, that person might just not see them, and they might get hit with the car. So they also have to watch for the parked cars. It's a great time to travel train your child, okay? Teach them when it says walk. Teach them when it, you know, as the number count down. 
teach them the safe place to walk. They just can't cross the street because it says walk all the way up the block. They need to walk, be where they're across the street looking at the light where the drivers from both sides can see them, right? The next thing you need to do when you're travel training, you let your child know you never walk behind a car because we're so focused on a car hitting us from the from you know from in the front, right? That we never really put thought in it that someone can reverse and also just as bad hit a child or hit you know anyone and hurt them, right? The next thing I want you to do is, or you can do, I should say, for the summer is. Teach your child your neighborhood and safe places, right? When my son was in middle school, our safe place was there was a hospital not too far away from there, right? And this was because um, either I or his father used to pick him up, right? So his father drove, I didn't. We know that if there's an accident and the father's behind the accident, then the cars are not going to be moving. We know that if someone gets sick on the train, the train is going to stay there until medical staff come to help this person. So again, you're going to be stuck. Or there's a fight or anything that goes on in the neighborhood. So we had two safe areas, right? Two. One up the block from the school, across the street, which was a bank, right? And I told him that if anything should happen when you get out of school and you're already out of school waiting for me or your dad or what have you, right? Or maybe your brother, because, you know, once in a while his older brother, you know, would, um, if, he had, if he had an opportunity to help out, he would. I said, if you see that there's a fight going on down the block, you don't go down the block. You go in the bank and you sit down, right? If someone asks you why you're sitting down, you let them know there's a fight outside and I'm scared, all right? If you don't see us coming, right, and everyone is leaving because it's middle school, right, and everyone is leaving, if I'm under the tunnel in the train and it's my day to pick them up, guess what? My phone won't work. I don't, you know, anything can happen. You, anything can happen. Your phone cannot be charged. You can leave the phone in the house. Anything can happen. But I let him know. If you see that everyone is leaving, I don't want you standing in front of the school. This is if your child is okay to be alone and wait until you come, or it's okay as far as cognitively that you can explain these things to them, right? Because if they can't, they can't. But I explained to him, if you're trying to reach me and you can't reach me, you can't reach your dad, you can't reach anyone, I want you to go and sit in the hospital. Just, you know, just on the, you know, when you get into a hospital, there's always going to be chairs in within the lobby. I told him, go and sit there or go sit in the emergency room. Not inside where they're calling the people where the beds are. I explained to him where the other people are waiting to see the doctor, as if, you know, when you get sick, that part I want you to sit out there. 
And then you keep calling me or your dad or your brothers and let them know you're sitting in the emergency room. This way, at least there are people in there. I don't know the people, you don't know them, but you're not alone in front of your school. Never go in the back of your school while you're waiting and other people, are, your teachers are leaving or your teachers are in the front. Never go back in the yard, slip back in the yard. Never leave from in front of your school. If you're going to leave because everyone is leaving and we don't want you staying there, you need to let your children know where it's safe for them to go if anything should happen. That includes the mall. If you're on the fifth floor of the mall and there's a fight, you need to have somewhere that you would consider safe enough for your child to go. So you need to start mopping out your neighborhood, and God forbid something happens, you need to figure out where, okay? If there's a library close to the school or across the street from the school, a library is a safe place. A firehouse is a safe place. The police station is a safe place. A hospital, so on and so forth. Wherever, if you wherever in your neighborhood, start looking at your neighborhood, and if your child is able to understand what safety is, which is most of the time, these are children that can be travel trained and can eventually be independent traveling on public transportation by themselves. We need to let them know where is safe and where is not. So this is something that you can do. I don't really want to say a post office is safe because the people that's working in the post office cannot let anyone in. So they might just be watching your child getting taken away and all they can do is call the cops. That's not going to help out much if there's, you know, that's just not going to work. However, if your child runs in the bank... I guarantee you that there are security guards, if not a cop there. There's someone there. There's, a, there's at least two security guards there. If your child run in and said, I don't know this person and he's trying to pull me in, that child is not going to be taken out of the bank by that adult or whoever it is. Safe places, I mean safe place. The hospital. You can't drag a child out of the hospital kicking and screaming because there's cops there and there are security guards there. So you, my dear, is going to have to find out where is safe within your child's school area as well as where is safe in your neighborhood, right? The final thing that I would like, well, two more things I want to talk to you about is do not call everyone you speak to your friend, do not call everyone your friend, okay? A lot of adults, parents, have a way of saying, oh, that's my friend from work. Oh, that's my friend from here. Oh, that's my friend from over there. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Because if young children or even children, people that are very trusting, which is our children, they hear the word friend and they think it's the this person has good characters. This person have good morals, good, you know, good values. This person would never hurt them because it's a friend. Learn to say, I work with this person. It's my coworker. It means that I only see this person at work, which means that most likely we don't, we don't have a lot of stuff in common on the outside of work. 
whenever you see someone, you say, I work with this person. This is my coworker. Do not introduce your children to a bunch of people and say it's your friend. Because guess what? Your child can be taken or hurt. No, these are not your friend. I work with this person. I went to school with this person. I know this person. Whatever, however you want to tell your children, but don't ever call everybody their, your friend. The next thing I want you to teach yourself is your children are not meant to be, to be babysat by everyone. I'm going to say that again. Your children don't necessarily need to be with everyone you know. Okay? Not everyone you know needs to take care of your kids. I'm not going to say that everyone or have a motive and it's going to hurt your child, but it's not everyone. When your child is putting up a lot of resistance to someone by not wanting to be with them, Trust your child's feelings, even if you don't think it's a big deal. Do not force your children to stay with people they don't want to stay with. Okay? If you want, you can figure out or try to figure out the reason why, but do not leave your children with a lot of people that they are resisting to be with. There have to be a reason. Okay? There have to be a reason whether your child is uncomfortable, whether the environment is just not doing it for that child or whatever the case is. But do not force your child to be with someone that they're being very resistive to be with. Okay? So little chores you can teach your children. You can teach them how to wash dishes. You know, if they're old enough, if they understand without flooding, <laughs> without flooding your kitchen Okay, that you can teach them that. You can teach them how to wash. You can teach them how to fold clothing. You can teach them how to put away things. There's so many things that you can teach your child, your children during the summer that can be carried over that is totally considered part of life skills that one needs to know. Okay? So, what I want you and I, and you know when I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself because... I do this every year, right? Every year. Every year I am pushing and I'm going a little bit further. I call this the house IEP, <laughs> okay? We know the school has one and our home should have one. So these are things that they are not going to be taught in school. Teach if your child is old enough and you're thinking... <clears throat> Excuse me, my allergy, I'm so sorry. If your child is old enough and cognitive enough that you know that this child is ready to, and it, you know, you have travel trained and your child is totally ready, you need to teach your child how to open your door with the key. You know, it's not necessary that um, the child is going to go home by themselves or what have you. Maybe they're going to grandma. Or maybe grandma lives with you, or however it is. Maybe grandma is taking care of the child, right? But if grandma is not feeling well and can't get up to open the door, or you're in the shower, if this child is old enough to have a key, it shouldn't be that the child is old enough just to have a key. The child should demonstrate to you 
how to open and close the door quickly behind them. The child needs to demonstrate to you that they won't forget the key, which means if you're going to teach your child because you're getting ready to give your child keys, my son has keys. I gave him keys when he was in the eighth grade because I saw that he was independent enough to take the train home by himself, right? I help him out a little bit in the morning. I'd ride with him until it was time for me to go, to get off to go to my job. But in the evening, I was at work while he was coming home, and he was old enough. However, before he got my keys, my keys, he had to prove to me that he knew how to open the door to get in the building, which is a, you know, it's a very big key. He had to prove to me that he can open that door because what is the use of you being travel trained and you can't get in the building? What if somebody's chasing you or whatever? What if it's raining? What if it's snowing? You're going to stay out there and wait for me until I get home two hours or whatever? That's not going to work. So he had to prove to me. He had to demonstrate that he knew I showed him and he had to demonstrate more than one time, several different times, several different occasions that he was able to get into the building. He had to prove to me, demonstrate to me, on several different occasions that he knew how to put my key in the door without breaking my key. And I didn't say one word to him. I watched him and he let me in and he was out and he he was supposed to come in after me and he had to prove to me that he did not forget the key in the door because what's the use with a child in the house and the keys outside of the door? So these are things that if you're planning on letting your child have keys, they need to know how to get in the front door. If you're living in a building, if you're living in a house and you have a front door before you actually go in, they need to show you that they need to do all of that because we don't know who's watching our kids. Your kids need to be a pro. They need to put the key in, turn the key in, you know, and just keep going, right? They need to not forget the keys outside because then no one is safe in the home because if someone take the key, they know exactly where they took the key from and God knows what else can happen, okay? So with that saying, my love, I'm going to bid you good night because my allergy is just not nice tonight, right? And it's really bothering me. But um, I just wanted you to know that take this opportunity and look around. I'm not even going to say look around your home. Look around your child's world and see what they're capable of learning and mastering or what you can introduce and um, work on. And these are things that are life skill, okay? I want you to work on life skill. If you take the train and your child has a bus pass and you've been swiping it for them, this is a great idea. So summertime, even though the bus pass might not work, because it's the summer, right? You still need to let them go through the motion of when they get to the subway to swipe, when they get on the bus to put it in and take it out. It's, you know, it's not a big deal. Let them put it in, take it out. You can pay the actual fare, the actual money for them to get on the bus, but they need to start learning to demonstrate what the card means. You know, it's a means of getting on the bus. They need to start learning that, right? So um, I just want you to know that, you know, our children, um, some of them will understand how to be independent. And a lot of parents and caregivers, you might have those very, you know, same children that 
it's a it's a possibility that they can live on their own in a community with support, right? As well as live in a group home where there's one person supervising, maybe three or four of them, but they're all basically living on their own with a lot of supervision from one person or several people that are, you know, rotating in the home, right? It's unfair to a child to be sent to the land. I'm going to say land, right? The land of you're independent now. So go and be independent. You can't want to say, well, I want my child to go to college. Even if it's a college that they're going to come home every day. You still have to make sure this child is ready to go safely on transportation, taking them back and forth. Okay? You need to make sure that the child understands that there's a store right there that you can get a bottle of water. Okay? We don't want our children walking around asking people for directions. We don't want them asking people where the store is because we don't want people to think that they are not from the community and God knows what else can happen, right? So when we're teaching independent skills, we're teaching that because we want our children to build on these skills, keep building and keep building and keep building. If your child is going to be as independent, even if it's to live in your home and be independent, you need to have little little um, skills within the skills. In my home, right, in my home, whenever the stove the microwave, or anything that's being plugged in, turned on in my kitchen. The light is on. That's a signal to everyone in the house that something is either on the stove, um, there's a blender, there's whatever it is, but there's something plugged in because we already know anything plugged in can cause a fire, right? And if the stove is on and something get burnt, that could also start a fire or, you know, smoke or what have you, right? So you are going to have to come up with something that is safe for your home. But in my home, like I said, right, whatever you go into my kitchen and you're doing, that's it. When my son was younger in my home, right, this is, was life skills for both of me, you know, both for everyone in my family. I am the only one that gave medication, which means that it's a responsibility for me. However, we don't have to worry about when my son was younger with an air infection or whatever. Being that I'm the only person that give medication or if I was at work, I'm the one that's calling and letting someone know it's time to give the medication, there were never a mix-up, okay? So that's accountability when it's only one person. However, the minute my son got to be 13, he was capable I used to oversee him, watch, and supervise him when he was 10, like go take your vitamin and, and you know, stand there and watch him. I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that in years anymore. Now he knows that you don't take your vitamin whenever you want to. You take your vitamin along with your breakfast. That's the first thing. These are the first things you do in the morning. This way you won't have a mix-up at 12 o'clock, scratching your head, wondering, did you take your medication? Now he can take his vitamins by himself. So I'm going to bid you good night, my darlings. Have a safe, nice weekend. And just look around your home. Look around. Look within your child's circle off themselves. Look within your journey 
and see whatever you can do with your child or children, right, during the summertime that can improve their quality of life as they get older. And good night, good night. Take care of your household. Take care of yourself.